Eve's Guide for Regular Guys. Tips and advice on developing confidence, embracing your style, and attracting the love and sex you want. Hello, hello, welcome back to Eve's Guide for Regular Guys. Glad to be with you guys again. I really enjoy doing these episodes. I don't get to do them as often as I like, but I'm very glad to be doing another one. So I hope that you've been continuing on with your self-care and your self-love routines, uh, taking care of yourself, paying attention to your clothes, things that make you feel good, look good, taking the time to do nice things for yourself, standing up for yourself in rude situations, even if it's only quietly to yourself. <laughs> it matters. It all matters. So you might want to review some of the things that I talked about in previous episodes, just to revisit some of the exercises and suggestions I gave you, if you find that you've maybe dropped out of some of those habits. Progress is what matters, not perfection. So don't worry if you haven't been keeping up with things, or if you've slipped back into some old habits. Today's a new day, you can always start again. And speaking of today, what I want to talk to you about today <laughs> is something that that many of you may worry about for different reasons. If you're like most men, you probably watch porn pretty frequently. But maybe as part of your journey of self-improvement, maybe as you're trying to make yourself into the kind of guy that women like, Maybe you're starting to worry about your porn habits. Some guys feel incredibly guilty about watching porn. Some feel that it's a terrible habit that reveals a weak character or a bad attitude towards women. Some worry that it's taking over their lives. Some men take on um, a total abstinence from porn and masturbation type thing. They, um, Well, I talked about this in an episode of under the covers with Eve. I'll link to it in the description if you want to check that out. But even if you don't feel that you have a serious problem with porn, and most people don't, for a lot of nice regular guys, you may still worry that watching it at all is wrong somehow or harmful or disrespectful to women. Especially during this news cycle when so many male celebrities are being publicly outed as sexual abusers and so many women are coming forward with stories of, of just entrenched, commonplace, systematic sexual harassment and abuse. I can see why this, this would be a worry to most men. So, here are some thoughts on the ethics of porn. Now first, let me say this first, I have to get this out of the way. There's always going to be a subset of women who absolutely hate even the most benign mainstream porn. Whether it's because they think it's disgusting or immoral, um, whether they just feel too threatened by the porn women that they're comparing themselves to, there's no doubt that there will always be a certain kind of woman out there who absolutely hates the stuff. There are men like this too, of course, and I'll get to that in a minute, but my point is, if you happen to meet a woman like this, don't let her choices and preferences make you feel bad about yours. If she doesn't like it, that's fine. That's entirely up to her, and no one should tell her otherwise. 
but neither should she be able to take any sort of moral high ground about it. Mainstream legal porn is just a form of entertainment for adults. There's no moral judgment or superiority involved. I think too many men let the values and morals of some women define them, and, and they accept judgment as slime balls, you know, when it's completely unfair. If you enjoy porn and you meet a potential partner who absolutely hates it, I wouldn't waste my time trying to make a relationship happen. You are just two different kinds of people, and both of you need to find someone more compatible. Whatever you do, don't try to change what you believe to please someone else, especially someone who's pretty closed off about sexual expression. Okay, so with that out of the way, the question is, is it ever okay to enjoy porn if you're a guy? Is there any way I'm not a complete asshat for enjoying what I enjoy looking at and getting off to? <laughs> it's, about, it's about as simple as that, right? The short answer is, of course, of course it's okay to watch porn. And of course, you're not an asshat for enjoying it. The fact that you're even asking the question is a very good sign. Because it shows that questions of morality and respect um, are of concern to you. That speaks volumes about your character. I do understand, however, that the world of porn and porn consumption can be confusing, especially when your brain sort of gets turned off as part of the whole deal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when the blood rushes to your other head, it can be tough to uh, stop and ponder the ethical implications of your boner. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, so I've put together this episode to give you some thoughts and guidelines about what constitutes ethical porn and porn consumption. So just to sort of give you a bit of context, pornography, which just literally means writing about or depicting sexual acts, has been around, honestly, since the cavemen first started doodling pictures of dicks and boobs on <laughs> cave walls. <laughs> you know, the oldest um, artifacts we found have been like big breasted fertility goddesses, you know, carved out of stone. You can find it everywhere in virtually every culture because frankly, people have always liked sex. And when they're not having sex, they're thinking about it. They're looking at it. They're reading about it. You know, it isn't new. And it isn't just uh, a new epidemic in your generation or anything like that. Now, what is new and what is somewhat unique to this generation, Gen X and beyond, kind of millennials, that sort of thing, is the fact that the availability of porn exploded with the advent of the internet and continues to grow due to mobile phone cameras, um, social media networks, that kind of thing. And along with this explosion of ubiquitous porn, we're now beginning to hear rumblings about the ethics of porn. Now, I'm not talking about the anti-porn crusaders who have always been very vocal about what an evil thing porn is. I'm not talking about them. Um, for example, the state of Utah even tried to pass a law declaring porn a public health crisis that was turning young men away from marriage didn't pass, by the way. <laughs> um, the anti-porn crowd have always been sort of thumping their podiums about how evil it is and how harmful it is to women and children and that sort of thing. I'll give you a, a link to one of the more egregious anti-porn programs out there. 
who liken the availability of porn to an enemy military invasion, complete with jet fighters and, and, and everything. And I have to say, <laughs> in all seriousness, some of the dialogue in this trailer is just too good not to comment on. Things like, things like showing a sweaty guy's face while he says, I'm going in and, uh, <laughs> and the enemy knows how to bushwhack you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I can't resist. But seriously, <laughs> this whole thing is scaremongering. It's, it's very moralizing. It tries to tell men that they aren't clean, that they aren't pure or moral if they watch porn. And and like most anti-porn or anti-masturbation programs, it's full of pseudoscience about porn addiction and what porn does to your brain and all this kind of stuff. Now, please let me make myself clear. I'm not trying to complain about or, or badmouth religion, any religion, not at all. In fact, if anything, I think that moral men with a religious bent are actually being manipulated by this nonsense because they want to follow their faith and be good men. In fact, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, just to name three, all have a much more open attitude to sexuality than one might think. It's just usually confined within marriage. So it's not about blaming any belief system. That's your personal business. It's none of mine. However, if people are free to express their beliefs about the toxicity of porn and male sexual desire, and they are, I'm a great advocate of free speech, then I'm free to express mine. <laughs> um, I don't accept the assertion that to be moral, clean, or pure, or good, you know, means, means that you have to throttle your sexuality. I just, I don't believe that. And I really resent any attempt to manipulate men into behaving the way someone else thinks they should behave by appealing to their sense of virtue, decency, morality, or shame. I think when someone tries to shame you into repressing your natural sexual desires, that they have lost respectability, not you. They're acting shamefully, not you. If someone tries to bully you, guilt you, shame you, call you names, or imply that your behavior, um, yours, <laughs> not theirs, is somehow damaging to future generations or to society or to family or to God, I, I think they're the ones doing the damage. All of this morality-themed bullying reminds me very much of the kind of homophobia that used to predominate society, and which still does in some places and some situations. The belief that your sexuality makes you immoral or, or evil and a threat, you know, it's just utter nonsense. We, we know better than this. We have learned out of this. And when it comes to porn, uh, we know in a lot of cases, watching porn actually decreases sexual violence. Just for instance, we know that porn is a legitimate business now as well, very often run by women, and that everyone involved is there because he or she wants to be. Now, not everyone is completely comfortable with porn, as I mentioned earlier, and it's, you know, that's okay, but it's becoming more and more mainstream all the time, so much so that people aren't afraid to admit that they watch it. Women aren't afraid to read Fifty Shades of Grey on the bus, you know, and porn stars don't feel the need to hide behind mustaches and dark glasses like they did in the 70s. Now, having said that, let me further add, one of the reasons I like erotic audio is because I feel 
it accomplishes things that porn doesn't. I personally think it's better than visual porn, even while admitting I don't have a problem with visual porn. I just think erotic audio is a better experience. But if you still like to watch porn, or you like it better than erotic audio, that's fine. Since porn has been largely underground for most of its existence, it's still developing as an art form. I think there are some key areas where it could be improved, and probably the most important change would involve showing more, more real-world sex, more real-world people, so that viewers could get a better sense of what real sex and real lovers look and sound like, more diversity in the types of people depicted in porn, more attention paid to the, the afterglow, you know, after the so-called money shot where most porn just abruptly ends. More emphasis on the emotions involved, whether it's just casual fun or whether it's more involved, that sort of thing. I, I believe porn will move in that direction as more and more people shake off their sex shame and refuse to be bullied into silence about their sexuality. But for now, the, the issue of ethics in porn is starting to gain momentum as more and more people are willing to question what's, what's actually going on in the porn that they watch. The age of performers has, has always been a matter of concern, and in the past few years, the question of STDs among performers has surfaced to the point that California passed a law mandating that all performers have annual health checks and wear condoms in their scenes. But beyond that, the larger question of ethics has seemed to focus mainly on the women in porn. Are they, are they clean and sober and not under the influence of anything? In other words, are they doing this only because they're hooked on drugs or too poor to do anything else? Are they doing this willingly? As in, are they human trafficking victims? And finally, is it morally irresponsible to show women being slapped, hit, spat on, treated roughly, you know, treated badly in other ways? Does this reflect the larger problem of misogyny and sexism? And can it lead to sexual abuse and rape of women in the real world? Does modern porn lead to addiction and sexual dysfunction in men? Does it desensitize men and women to the point that young people think that this is normal sex? And that they themselves are abnormal if they don't look or act like what they see in porn? These are important questions to ask, and I'm very glad we're asking them as a society. I don't think there are quick or easy answers to these questions, but it's a good sign that we're examining it. Nothing will ever improve unless we do. Now, I'm not going to get into these issues deeply because it's just that that's just beyond the scope of what I want to talk about here. For this discussion, I want to address the average porn consumer interested in ethical porn. In other words, if you want to continue to enjoy porn, but without the guilt or worry that you are somehow doing or watching something unethical, well, that's what this is about. <laughs> I believe there are five key things you can look for, five things to consider when asking whether the porn you're watching is ethical. All right, so here we go. Number one, is this clearly a consensual act involving adults. No matter what it's made to look like, is it clear, both in your own mind and because it's, it's explicitly stated, is it crystal clear that this is just a fantasy being enacted by consenting adult performers? 
This is the most important factor, I believe, in deciding whether porn is ethical or not. If it doesn't pass this test, then the rest of the points are irrelevant. This is the bedrock, the absolute must-have before you go any further. If the porn you're watching depicts any actual rape, violence, or non-consent, which includes voyeuristic stuff where the subject doesn't know that they're being filmed, uh, if the if the participants look like they're cl they're clearly drunk or stoned or unconscious or incapacitated in some way and unable to make an informed decision about what they're doing, or if the participants are not adults, then go no further. I stay away from describing this content as legal, because we all know that good things can be illegal and bad things can be legal, depending on time and place. Making porn at all was illegal in the US in the, in the 1950s. All those movie house raids you see in the, in the old movies were all about clamping down on the so-called perverts, you know. At one time, in many places, any kind of homosexual activity was illegal, as was anal sex, known as sodomy, after Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible. <laughs> and it's still on the books in many places. Some countries, you know, definitely still illegal. Up until recently, in many countries, it was not a crime to rape your wife. And age of consent can vary as well. So the point is not to nitpick over whether something is legal or not, but rather whether what you're watching involves force, coercion, violence, non-consent, or some kind of incapacitated adult or minor. That's really the key point. The United States has a law commonly called Section 18, or Article 2257, which mandates accurate record-keeping and age verification for all porn producers. Most reputable porn sites that feature performers will have a link somewhere about their Section 18 compliance, so look for it on the sites you visit if you want some reassurance. Okay, number two. Did you pay for it? And are the performers being paid adequately for their work? I know a lot of people absolutely refuse to pay for porn uh, or sex work of any kind. And again, I find this kind of sex shame and self-shame to be really, really damaging. I don't think the average person has any idea of the absolute economic carnage caused by the dichotomy between millions of people wanting porn and yet being unwilling to publicly pay for it. The costs in terms of theft and fraud are absolutely staggering, mostly because people are too ashamed to admit that they like porn and pay for it, honestly. It's one of those situations where everyone is doing it, but no one will admit it. And so the banks, the credit card companies, porn producers are the ones left scrambling to deal with the enormous fallout from this. Becomes a vicious cycle too. Someone who believes porn is shameful and corrupt and immoral decides that he wants to see it anyway, but in secret, of course, and with jittery nerves, because he's convinced that the porn site is absolutely going to rip him off, you know, dox him, tell his bank, ruin his life, all that kind of thing. So because he believes it's so immoral, he decides to hurt someone else by using a stolen credit card, you know, a fake address or whatever, not, not really caring that the porn site, and therefore the performers, who need to earn a living like everybody else, will lose money from the sale and will be penalized by the bank. 
And when enough people do this, the banks start getting suspicious of any adult-related business. And they clamp down on anyone and everyone who even dares show a nipple somewhere. To the point that honest business people can't even open accounts or make money at all doing this. And the only people left are the exact scumbags that people are afraid of. You know, the only people left in the game are the kind who will rip you off and cause you trouble. And so on it goes, on and on and on it goes. Being upfront and honest and paying for what you consume is crucial to keeping the whole thing going and to, and to rewarding honest, reliable creators for being honest and reliable. Ethical porn is like anything else. You can liken it to organic farmers. It's a great idea, but if no one buys their products, you know, by choice, because it's more aligned with their values, then it can't survive. Ethical porn makers can't survive unless you support them. So if you find a site that does things above board and ethically, by all means, please support them. Keep them going. Help them stay afloat so that you can enjoy more of what they have to offer. I started my links page, Eden, for this very reason. We need to continue to support ethical companies. We need to vote with our wallets if we want to see porn improve. But there are lots of ways you can remain ethical about your porn consumption, even if you don't have the means to subscribe to sites or pay for it in other ways. You can always go to sites that host free sample videos or a site that I like called Porn Gatherer. They curate it so that every link goes to legal content and they don't allow links or uploads to anything stolen or copyright infringing. It's not unethical to enjoy free content that a creator willingly puts out there for free. I have lots of listeners who love what I do, but who I know will never or can never join my site. And I'm fine with that. I'm willingly providing 70% of what I do for free. And so they're not being unethical by enjoying it. What you should not do, though, if you want to be an ethical porn consumer, is visit sites that steal porn from the sites or people that make it. There are a lot of file sharing and forum sites out there where people will go to great lengths to steal other people's content and post it themselves, either to make money from the post or sometimes just stick it to the people who made it. It's a really sad, pathetic little world and it causes enormous damage because most porn producers, contrary to what you might think, are not huge conglomerates that can afford to be stolen from left, right and center even if that was the only objection to stealing, <laughs> which it isn't. Most porn producers are just like every other small business, struggling to stay afloat. So when some smartass decides he never pays for porn, you know, and gets it from sites that have stolen it, he doesn't realize he's actually hurting himself, because the porn he likes won't be around for long if the people making it don't get paid for their work. You know, it's pretty simple. You wouldn't go to work if you didn't get paid. So you can't expect the people who make porn to do it for free either. And really, how ethical can your porn consumption be if it involves theft or hacking or fraud or, you know, any kind of underhanded, deceptive way of accessing the content? I, I don't, I don't have to explain this to anyone, really. I mean, you've known since childhood that stealing is wrong. So don't do it just because it's digital porn. If you, if you wouldn't walk into a store and steal a pair of shoes just because you like them, then you shouldn't go online and steal a digital porn file just because you like it, either. 
And just as an aside, the, the stolen credit card game is becoming a thing of the past. Most sites are very aware of these of these things, and they have a lot of things in place to prevent stolen credit cards from being used. So if you ever come across a crypto type site that claims that they can give you credit card numbers to use, don't bother. By the time the numbers are on these sites, they're, they're already blocked by most places. Anyway, bottom line, make sure the free porn you're enjoying is either done willingly for free by amateurs or produced ethically by professionals who pay their actors and give it away for free willingly. There is a lot of room in there for you to find excellent erotic content without ever having to go down the unethical route of theft or exploitation. As to whether the performers are being adequately paid, this is often pretty easy to find out. A lot of performers have a Twitter presence, and through them you can find out which studios they work for and which ones they promote. And you can be assured that if a, if a porn star is happy to work with certain producers, it's because he or she is being well compensated and taken care of. This can also assure you that the female performer is doing this happily and willingly and isn't doing it out of desperation or drug addiction or anything like that. Okay, number three. This is where this is where things become a little more subjective. The first two rules are what I'm willing to call carved in stone. There can and should be no debate about the issues raised in those two points. But the next few points are going to be admittedly more subjective. I'll give you my thoughts and you can decide if it resonates with you. So number three, this one involves how it makes you feel about yourself and others, but mostly about yourself. Is this porn meant to manipulate you? Or does it encourage you to hurt yourself, such as the uh, wallet rape type financial domination stuff, the total power exchange domination that leads to, you know, real life questionable behavior or physical harm in any way? I mean, some men really enjoy female domination and are happy to pay for it. That's not my concern here. If you're someone who enjoys this and the woman providing the service is happy with it, then that's really just your business. What I question are the small numbers of people, both the doms and the subs, who seem to use this unique relationship as a way of abusing or exploiting themselves or someone else. This isn't about whether you like to be humiliated or abused as part of your kink chart. This is about whether this relationship, um, real world, through cam or any other means, or even just joining a site, um, whether this relationship can or, or, or does lead to problems for you in your real life. Is someone draining your bank account? You know, is, is, is he or she demanding more and more money from you in the name of this kink? Is someone making you do things in your real life that's causing you financial, emotional, or physical problems? Is there any element of blackmail, ransomware, extortion, anything of that nature? This is unethical porn. No one should be able to negatively affect your financial, physical, or emotional well-being in the name of a, of a kink. That's taking sex way, way too far. There, there have been cases of men handing over thousands of dollars, their whole life savings sometimes, to a, a powerful domina who had no qualms about making off with their hard-earned money, you know? Or people have lost their jobs because their dom told them not to go to work today, or to jerk off at their desk, or some other really questionable activity. And it's also worth mentioning that ethical porn use, you know, not the porn itself, but how you view it, comes into play here. 
any erotic content you consume for it to be ethical should enhance your sex life, not direct it. You know, you shouldn't start to demand that your wife or partner do things that you've seen in porn. You shouldn't start to expect certain acts or behaviors just because you've seen it in porn. This is just anecdotal, of course, but I've read interviews with 13-year-old boys who believe that girls, quote, should be into anal sex and threesomes even at 13. They've, they've already decided that this constitutes, quote, normal sex. And therefore, any girl who doesn't want to do this is now, quote, abnormal. You know, that's the real consequence of things like this. I also believe that any porn which focuses on humiliating or insulting your partner you know, for example, um, focusing on cheating on your wife because she's too fat or too old or too flat-chested or, you know, or cheating on your husband because his dick isn't big enough or he's too fat or old, you know, this is all unethical. Maybe you need an outlet. Maybe you are going through a rough time in your relationship and you need to blow off some steam. That's fine. Delving into a sexual fantasy of another partner is enough. You don't need that fantasy to also demean and belittle the person you're married to as well. Because I believe that it, it cannot help but carry over into the feelings you have when you're not jerking off into the, the way that you're going to interact with your, with your partner after the sexual fantasy is over. Ethical porn use also means treating your body well and making sure you don't masturbate so hard or so often that you chafe the skin of your penis or you damage yourself with toys, you know, BDSM stuff or any other kind of self-abuse that goes really, really too far. Porn that glorifies hurting yourself, debasing yourself, or putting yourself in risky situations is not ethical. Both sexes are starting to consider porn sex as as quote normal, you know, porn bodies as normal, as in all guys should have a 10 inch cock and be able to fuck for hours. Um, all women should be thin with big boobs. Um, putting your cock into someone's butt should be as easy and effortless as putting it in a pussy, that sort of thing, you know, no one should have any body air either. That's a big one. Um, <laughs> male or female, there's not a, it's not a hair in sight. Anyway, the point is make sure when you watch porn, you also keep in mind that sex in porn is about as realistic as life is in action movies. No one is really driving motorbikes into helicopters in real life. And no one is having porn sex in real life either. Not really. If you can keep it a fantasy, a very well-constructed and filmed fantasy, it's fine. But please don't start thinking that what you see in porn should have any bearing on your real sex life or your real partner, just beyond the kind of fun, easygoing, let's try that, that looks fun kind of thing. Keep in mind the whole point of porn in the first place is to help you enjoy a few moments of physical excitement, pleasure, and release. It's supposed to make you feel good. You're supposed to feel good. I know this is so simple, right? but, but you'd be surprised the number of people who, who don't seem to understand this. You're supposed to feel good before, during, and after. It's supposed to be fun, exhilarating. It's supposed to feel better physically than just about anything else you ever experience. So if what you're watching or listening to or seeing in some way doesn't make you or your partner feel good, feel pleasure, feel excited, feel like they're having fun, it's not good for you. Okay, number four. This one involves how it makes you feel about women in general. And again, there is a fine line between fantasizing about rough and dominant sex with a willing woman, 
because a lot of women fantasize about being taken in a rough and dominant way. So there's a line between that and between letting that fantasy transform the way you view women and sex in the real world. Even in most rough sex porn, please keep in mind, these performers know each other. They know that today they're filming a rough sex scene. They have pizza afterwards, you know. To them, it's just another day of shooting. It has no bearing on how they feel about sex or each other. So to take videos like that to heart, to start to see women as objects to be slapped around or handled roughly or mistreated or called names, slapped, punched, whatever, it's unethical to my mind. Whether the porn itself is unethical for depicting such outright misogyny, well, I'll, I'll leave that up to you to, to wrestle with and decide. But if you insist that it's just a fantasy and that there's nothing wrong with it, then ask yourself if there's anything in porn that you wouldn't feel comfortable with. Is there any, do you have any line in the sand? Would you accept some sort of race play with the performers being called racial slurs or, or chained up for the color of their skin? Would you draw the line at depictions of violence and murder? Or how about scat and water sports? And you know, do you draw the line at bathroom porn for yourself? The point is, if you have any hard limits at all, then you have accepted the notion that there are limits. You just have to decide if beating up a woman is something you want to get off to, even if it's, quote, just fantasy. I've seen porn commenters just go to town saying things like, yeah, give that bitch what she deserves, you know, put that filthy whore in her place. And, and you know, while this can just be an example of a guy being more or less harmlessly worked up, I, I can't help but think that the minds that can come up with that level of vitriol when he's supposed to be turned on and enjoying himself has some real issues in his life that need to be addressed. Maybe it's, it's uncomfortable to admit, but I think a lot of our sexual desires and fantasies come from deep-seated psychological issues, which leads to my next point. Number five, this is the most difficult point to discuss because it's the most vague. I, I realize this, so, so bear with me here. In general, I believe that we all get a feel for when something isn't quite right. You call it a spidey sense, gut feeling, intuition, or possibly even just our own, our own subjective moral code and upbringing. What I'm saying is, trust that. If you see something that just doesn't strike you as right, if you can see through the fantasy and you see something dark or disturbing there, if you get a sense that deriving sexual pleasure from this is going to ultimately make you feel worse about yourself or sexuality or other people, if it's ultimately unhealthy or dangerous, then I believe it's unethical. In researching porn over the past few years, I've come across some truly disturbing stuff available through a simple Google search. Things that have grossed me out and made me wonder what had to happen in a person's mind for them to find this particular thing a turn on. As 4chan's Rule 34 states, if you can think of it, there's porn for it, which, which I think is something we need to examine a bit further. This is where the issue of live action versus animation or drawings and that sort of thing comes into play. If you're sexually stimulated by things that are typically dangerous or harmful to yourself or others, I'm not going to moralize and tell you that you shouldn't like these things. You know, if, if you find yourself drawn to some of the very extreme stuff in your own mind and it stays in your own mind, well, it's your business. 
even though I don't believe that indulging in fantasies like this is ultimately good for you, I think it only makes you unhappier, honestly. But if it's if it's a fantasy, if you just enjoy seeing it depicted in drawings, that kind of thing, well, then I think you're only harming yourself. But the problem begins when porn producers start doing this stuff in live action. When they start somehow getting people to do the most outrageous, disgusting stuff, I believe it crosses a line. Because there's just no way to unsee some of these things, you know what I mean? A big part of you has to realize that this stuff isn't healthy, either physically or emotionally, for either the participants or the viewer. I've heard someone complain recently that farm sex stuff should qualify as animal abuse, and I agree completely, but for God's sake, it's human abuse too. Even if the human is doing it to herself willingly, there's clearly something going wrong in the mind of a person if she thinks that this is healthy sexuality, or if she knows it isn't, but she doesn't care. To engage in that kind of stuff in real life, to bring it out of the world of fantasy, and to support this kind of behavior by watching or paying someone to do it, well, I think that's going too far, as I said. It's possible that if this really just is a kink and, and you can't help it, you don't know why, and you, and you don't really care, you just like it because you like what you like, I think there should be limits as to whether these things are acted out by real people. If it were only available in drawings or writing, I think it would be less likely to seem real. It would be less um, possible and enticing, you know, to someone with that particular fetish. I've read a lot of conflicting studies on whether violent porn or this kind of thing incites people to actually go out and commit sexual acts against people or animals or to commit violence. And the consensus seems to be that in most cases it doesn't. It can even diffuse the desire to do so in some people. But the majority of psychologists, at least that I read, also stressed that in a small percentage of people who already have a propensity towards violence and abuse, watching this kind of porn is simply never a good idea. I think the problem lies in identifying that, quote, small percentage, or rather, you know, trusting these people to self-identify and be rational enough to limit what they watch. As with most things, it's difficult to justify banning something or denying it to law-abiding, non-violent people simply because a small percentage can't handle it. So I'm not suggesting banning it, but I do hope people will think about it a little more and ask themselves whether enjoying some of this material may speak to a deeper emotional or psychological issue. In his book, Ethical Porn for Dicks by Dr. David Lay, he, he talks about one of his clients, a young man who enjoyed violent, abusive, misogynistic porn involving rough oral sex. You've probably seen examples of it, it's pretty common. This young man had really violent fantasies about forcing women to endure pain and humiliation, and apparently many therapists refused to even treat him because of the nature of his fantasies. Which is really too bad, because through working with Dr. Lay, he was able to come to terms with his own physical and emotional abuse at the hands of his mother and sister, which had led him to fantasizing about hurting women as a kind of revenge. The patient actually found a girlfriend and, through continued therapy, began to move away from these fantasies and this kind of porn, and he reported that he began to feel sorry for the women in the videos that he used to enjoy. I want to stress here, speaking for myself, that it doesn't matter if the porn he enjoyed was nothing but consensual role play by willing actresses. It was the ideas represented in the videos that appealed to the, to the damaged part of this young man.
And I think that's why it borders on being unethical. I'm not trying to pathologize all fetishes, but I think it's worth considering whether certain dark desires or fantasies may stem from something that could be dealt with and treated. That maybe it's more harmful to indulge these fantasies rather than try to get to the bottom of what caused them. Because some of this stuff is not only unhealthy emotionally, it's also physically dangerous and might land you in jail if you're caught. Even some extreme masturbation videos where you're only doing something to yourself can be physically damaging. When you consider the high personal cost of engaging in some of these fantasies, I don't think it's unreasonable to examine what's really going on in someone's head before we just rubber stamp it as a harmless fantasy and belligerently demand that no one can shame it, you know? I guess that's the issue I have the greatest problem with when it comes to sexuality. This insistence that we never dare examine why we like what we like. You know, the moment you even suggest that we might want to try to figure ourselves out and find out why we are drawn to certain images or ideas or fantasies, many people will react with complete outrage and claim that they don't want to be kink-shamed, you know? It's not about kink-shaming. It's not about shame at all. It's about trying to understand ourselves with the aim of solving problems and encouraging behavior that makes us feel good, you know? If you simply insist, I like what I like and I can't help it, so don't even talk about it, you know, how does that lead to any kind of growth or better understanding of ourselves? How does it contribute to a better understanding of human sexuality? I mean, doesn't it make it all too easy for authorities or religious leaders and busy busybodies, you know, to simply say, well, then you were just born a pervert, so of course we should curtail what you like, you know? I, I personally want more open discussion about the kinks and fetishes and fantasies that we all have so that it becomes more and more difficult to ascribe anything to moral defect or poor character and easier to identify problems that might be solvable with a little patience and understanding. I want to end this discussion with a quote from the afterword of Dr. Lay's book. This is by Chanel Preston, who says, and I quote, not respecting the use of pornography as sexual entertainment reflects a widespread misunderstanding that porn comes from a place without dignity or agency, and that porn use is seen as a shameful indulgence. That is simply not true. I am convinced that it's possible to make and watch porn while remaining, perhaps even becoming more, perfectly safe and sane. The sooner we recognize that many beliefs about porn are products of fear and confusion, the sooner we can use fantasies and porn as ethical and healthy ways to explore our sexual lives more fully. So, hopefully this episode has given you something to think about, maybe even set your mind at ease about a few worries along your, your journey towards um, being the best person that you can be and finding a partner. I really hope you understand that being a sexual man with an interest in sexual media is completely normal and that there's absolutely nothing wrong with using it as a as a temporary sort of surrogate before you find the person that you want to be with so until next time remember you're an attractive interesting person worthy of love and you're well on the way of finding it bye for now <laughs>